Welcome to the Ales with Aslan podcast. This week, we will dive into a very interesting report recently that 50% of all sales reps are missing quota. And why is that? And it's been going on for a good five years that this decline has been happening. So we'll dig in with Tab Norris and Tom Stanfield, two of our founders, as well as our president, Mark Lampson, and try to figure out with you how these trends can be reversed. Enjoy the podcast and enjoy the beer. Welcome back to another edition of Ales with Aslan, where we are helping make selling easier and, of course, drinking some beer with my buddies here at Aslan Training and Development. And, uh, boys, welcome back. Uh, it's, it's good to be here again. Uh, before we get into the content, let's, uh, let's, what are we drinking today? What do you have there, Tap? Well, I, I've decided to go. I'm from Athens, Georgia. Yeah. And so I decided to go with my favorite local brew, which is Creature Comforts. Um, and Tropicalia is, oh, is my favorite. Well, so it's a very, it's a crisp, citrusy mm, IPA. It's citrus. a perfect balance. It's fruity. It's but got not bite, but it's got fruit, yeah. and it's mm. it's. And look uh, at that color. Oh yeah, it's orange, mm. tangerine orange. It's, it's, it takes me, me to the beach. The beach. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you see, I love beach. us. Some beach somewhere. Yeah. Yes. I like it. So Some that's it. How about you, Mark? Where? Oh, oh, before Mark. I forgot you weren't here last week. I you, was you, not here. You missed the invite. I was. I was. I was drinking a beer. I just wasn't on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Does that count? You were here in spirit. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, so I think that's Literally. fair. Spirits. Yeah. Multiple plural. Yeah. Spirits. Yeah. Just by way of introduction, Mark uh, joins us as our president over here at Aslan and is yeah. going to uh, Do we contribute to our sir. Yeah, sir. Yes, sir. We call yeah. you by your first name. Or not. No. Uh, Thank no. you. So, Mark, what do you? I can't tell what that is. Uh, what you, uh, you, might, you might recognize this, Scott, being a, oh. a, a, a Rhode Islander. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to a little brewery in Southern Rhode Island, Whalers Brewery. This is a mm. Whalers Rise, 5.4 percent pale ale, not mm. an India pale ale, but mm-hmm. just a pale ale. Mm. Uh, it's a little less hoppy. You know, I don't really understand all that stuff, okay. like hoppy stuff, whatever. Yeah. It just tastes good, <laughs> and it's cold, and I like them, and I have them in my refrigerator. And so I'm having one, and I'm going to pour one. Right? Is that the Rules, so I yeah. pour it right now. Pour it right now, yeah. Wow. I wasn't really sure. Uh, uh, I opened yeah. it before I, I got a little. It sounded yeah. a little yeah, like a yeah, diet yeah. coke, is what it sounded well, like. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, it's great to have you here. And Tom, like, can't let's see, what do you have there? I let's... have, I have my gate, my IPA gateway drug. Okay. Right. So that I was a dangerous. pure lager guy. Yeah. Right until I don't know the early twenties. And then, and then my first time I ever had an IPA. Wait, is this a, going to put us on the over twenty one challenge for podcast? <laughs> <or no? laughs> my first prohibition shoot. again. I forget. Yeah, yeah, my my intro into IPA was the Terrapin Hop Executioner, which is also I've learned at Athens Brewery. Yes, it's got seven point three ABV for those who are keeping score at home, and uh, I love it. So uh, this has kind of turned me on to IPAs. And he used to it's make an American fun of me. IPA. Make fun of me because I never. You're like, why would you drink that? It's awful. And look at you. Look at you. I'm so proud. I'm such a proud dad. I'm a mature beer drinker. Yes. That's great. That's great. And how about well, you? I, I look yeah, I think I, I think I see what you have. You yeah. only have what I think you I, have. I'm in the wayback machine. I'm going back of the oh, rack, oh, and I have pulled oh. one of my favorites from years ago. This is a Bud Light. <laughs> really, it's <laughs> handcrafted. This is like Mark's yeah. uh, not Scott. king of beers. No, it's the queen of beers. I mean, what is I, that? I, like, well, I just figured since we're you know probably going to have more than one, I would stick with light, and my girlish figure would be uh, you okay. Know, so Good I'm uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, but thank you guys for coming back and. Our topic today, which we kind of uh, teased last week, is 
is really about some some recent research that you know 50% of sales reps are missing their quota. Mm-hmm. And that's been sort of in decline over the last five years. Yeah. And so it, it seems to be a challenge that everybody's having that's probably listening to this. And and so I know, Tom, there's a lot of information out there that you've that you've uh, culled that, that sort of has led you know led you to a, a, a an ebook that you wrote. But what what is causing this? Do you think? Yeah, I think it's fascinating that you look at what's happening in the market. You know, the stock market's exploded over the last five years. I mean, the economy's better than ever. So why in the world would sales reps, the percentage of sales reps who are hitting their quota, continually decline five years ago? It's the first time ever it's happened. Right. Um, in, 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 I guess in recent history that, that reps have declined, I guess since they started measuring it, that reps have misquoted continually over five years. So, so I started thinking about it, which is what was the, sort of the, the genesis of the article that you're talking about where I, I, I wrote about that, I guess, early, late last year. But I, I think if you had to, 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 to kind of distill it down to one word, it's information. Like mm-hmm. the availability of information Oh, right. And the overwhelming amount of information, I think, is, is was what's changed in the market. You know, um, why do I need to talk to a sales rep? Right. Right. Why do I really need to talk to somebody that explains something to me? I can yeah. get that on the Internet. So I think that's diminished the credibility of sales. I don't need to talk to them. Plus, they want to sell stuff and they take my time and I don't do lunch and I don't want to follow up with somebody. I don't want to have I just need to get problem solved so I can get the information I need. I also think the amount of information, like I just mentioned, um, it skyrocketed. You know, mm-hmm. I was I was listening to a podcast uh, by Daniel Goleman the other day, the, the father of emotional intelligence, and he said our attention is under assault, mm-hmm. which Very I thought true. loved. That. I mean, it's so true. Mm-hmm. Yep. We get ten thousand yep. messages a day. Mm-hmm. Think about that: ten thousand messages a day. We now consume one hundred and seventy-two pages of newspaper every day, just an information that we receive. So people are just overwhelmed. So your message, even if if they believe that you have something to offer, will I every even Will I even get the message? So I think right. that's what's changed in the market, and I think that's why it's 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 more difficult for sellers than it's ever been to, to hit their number. Mm. Yeah. Well, and that I'm sure some people out there are, are you know agreeing that this is a challenge they're having. So, you know, Mark. So we decided to drink some beer. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Good yeah. luck and that farewell. Yeah. yeah. Drink up. We're still in the company. Uh, you thought we were going to help you, but we're just going to we're going to yeah, consume just, large quantities. There's of the problem. It's hopeless. It's hopeless. <laughs> Nope, it's not hopeless. No, <laughs> this is where we have a drum roll. <laughs> and here is the solution. There, there, is, there is probably a way out of this. I'm guessing, right? So, so Mark, um, you know, again, welcome. And uh, why don't you uh, highlight some ideas around what possible solutions might exist out there? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. I was getting a message. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I, I, I just got one. You just got no, seven newspapers yeah, yeah. right sorry. there. I glanced at it. No, yeah. what, what I was saying, Mark, got 13 <laughs> likes on your yeah. Instagram account. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Go ahead. Uh, I know you said something about solution. Uh, you know, it's, there's no there's no silver bullet, but uh, we'll, we'll pick up back on the information uh, and saying that buying has changed. Buyers have changed. Yeah. Sellers haven't. And that's where the problem lies. That's the, the start of the solution. Uh, we're trying to do things as sellers, and I'm putting myself in that group. You know, if we try to do things the way we've always done them, it's just not going to work because the process has changed. Um, you can go look at the video stores that were in the 90s. As long as they were <laughs> stay selling videos, and they're they're not around anymore. And that's and that's the reps that are that's the increasing number of reps that are missing quota uh, is because they're not they're not adapting to the new role they play to the new. Um, place that buyers think they should engage as sales reps. To Tom's point, the mm-hmm. information. Customers are way down the path when they're 
engaging reps today usually. Um, you know, 20 years ago I worked for a, a firm that uh, put equipment in data centers. Pretty complicated, pretty complex system. Engineers, go, if you wanted a data center, you wanted to put power and cooling and computers in there. Uh, required an engineer to go out and measure. Lots of work. I can literally go on a website today and Take, example. take Legos and just draw it around and build my data center and almost just press buy. Yeah. Uh, so, so if sellers don't embrace that, that's what's going on. We're not, we're not going to, you're not going to change it. That's going to continue to happen. When I do engage uh, as a seller, when I do engage a customer, I have to realize their perception of my value is much lower. Uh, it's not really about giving them information. I mean, we, we, when we train reps, I asked them, what are all the benefits of your solution that customers probably expect? If it's a software firm, they say it's going to save money, it's going to save time, you know, it's going to give you better reporting. And I say, well, do you tell customers that? And they say, well, yeah. And they say, well, they already know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you just said. Yeah. Right. And the bottom line is, you know, customers don't have, people don't have time. And if, if I'm, yep. people are more likely to talk to you if they think you know something they don't. Period. They've seen Excellent. you've seen a problem that you can probably Great solve point. it. Yeah. So if we don't make that shift. Uh, what we're hurting is the customers. To use a term that we've used before, receptivity. Customers are not receptive. Yeah. Uh, to mm -hmm. a salesperson, not receptive to where we play in the in the in the sales process because we're telling them things they already know. And and if you don't get that and you don't start to shift your focus, that's a problem. It, it's uh, it's what we call our cornerstone principle. Mm -hmm. When we call customers and they're and they're emotionally closed to a sales call, they're they're not open to us. The harder we sell, the more stats we give them about how much time they're going to save or the case study of the last three customers we worked with. The more logically we try to persuade them, the more closed they become. And so we have to shift. We have to shift from selling. The solution The solution to the sales problem is stop selling. How's that? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think another kind of the way to we kind of tee this up or think about it, I think that's, that's I think easy for people, is every time you enter into a conversation, they're in one of two zones. They're either emotionally open, I want to talk to you, I want to hear about your solution, I, I need you as a seller, or they're closed, I don't want to talk to you. The number of people that are closed either to a meeting or to are closed to a subject is growing because of the information. So the number of people that are open, very few, right? So reps are having to work harder and harder and harder to find those people that are open because what they've been doing doesn't convert the disinterested, yeah. right? Yeah. And because if somebody's emotionally closed, like Mark just said, the more you try to persuade them, the more closed they become. Right. So what do you do? Like, I mean, so, you know, and what, Mark, you, I love the story, the story you tell about the soil and the seed. I think this sets it up so well. Well, can I say something if, before we go there? Wait, hold on. Um, what do you guys think? Well, is that acceptable? I think we Is should. it going to be good? Oh, it's going to be good. Okay. It's I mean, can be we good. be the judge of that, though? Yeah, can we, I'll yeah. tell hey, you. And then, yeah. I'm open. Are you open? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay, open. so you're emotionally open. Yeah, well, the beer right helps, now. too. Oh, yeah, that is. <laughs> My That's really what I was going to say. What does this mean? Drink more beer. Yeah. No. Well, no, I mean, I think this is a critical. This, this is critical to everything we teach, yeah. and, and I, I wanted to, you know, when you think about it, if our natural wiring is to go logical when yeah. someone's not emotionally open, yeah. right? That's what we naturally do, and this yeah. happens for salespeople. This is why salespeople don't like to prospect often, because they, yeah. they don't really want that. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? It happens in all of life when we communicate. Mm -hmm. Now, and, and I'll give you an example that hopefully we can all relate to. Um, I've been married now for 25 years. 
Can you believe Congratulations. it? Congratulations. Yes, yes. awesome. To my wife. Cheers. To my wow. wife. That's a big run. Thank you. Yeah. Big run. That is a big um, run. I, I have odds a, were against you, brother. Odds were against me, yeah. but I, I'm still married. Is she emotionally open? It, well, it, when we got married, she was. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly wasn't a logical decision on her part, I'll tell you no. that. <laughs> a lot of smoke and mirrors. Jedi mind tricks. But anyway, so one time we were having a disagreement. I mean, yeah. I was emotionally no. open. Y'all were? Yeah. Okay. She was emotionally closed. I have no idea why. Right. Um, I, I am sure it had nothing to do with anything I did. But she goes into the bathroom, closes the door, and I grab my flip chart because I'm a trainer, right? Mm-hmm. I always have one yeah. nearby. Sure. And I have five very solid, logical reasons why I'm right and she's wrong. Yeah. And they were really good, by the way. I, I spent some time crafting that. Sure, yeah. And so how did that work for me? <laughs> I'm guessing yeah, I'm going to go with it, it, well, it yeah. wasn't like I hit number three and she went oh my gosh honey I'm wrong you're right I'm wrong what is wrong with me thank you for shedding the light upon me no she gets madder and madder and madder because I'm violating the cornerstone principle mm-hmm. I am trying to use logic with someone who's emotionally closed and that is a big big challenge mm-hmm. for us in our personal life <laughs> to stay married yeah. but also as, as salespeople. Yeah. I mean, we're constantly, like you said, the more information I think creates, it yeah. creates more of that. M- more people are closed. So Yeah, we've, it's like there's, I think we've missed another dimension. I think we've been one dimensional in selling. Yes. It's like, what's the message that I want to deliver and how well can I deliver that message? I'm going to go to court. I'm going to make a logical argument. And the better my argument is, which is what you're kind of thinking with your wife, yep. the better my argument is, then I will win the case. But the problem is, there's no one in the room, <laughs> yes, right? There's no jury, there's no judge. That's what I used to think when I came. Well, if I make a really good, solid argument, right, you will then embrace. No, people make emotional decisions to support them with intellectual alibis. Yep. So it's kind of like the soil and the seed. If the seed's not fertile, which is the other dimension, if the if the soil is not fertile, the quality of the seed doesn't matter. The seed is important, but if the soil is not fertile, you can't plant the seed. So we've yeah. just focused on the seed. And we've missed the soil. And the soil is is getting harder and harder because of what we talked about earlier is the information. Right. And I think it's because of the way sellers have been selling. Right? It's like, yeah. well, if I have to put up with you, you know, even though you might have commission breath and I have to put up with you, I will because I need you. Yeah. Right? I need your information. I need your solution. And I'll kind of look past you to get to what I need. But now they don't need them. Yeah. Well, and your five points is, is in fact, your seat. Which is probably a good seed. It's probably a good message. Oh, it was bad. I'm sure. I'm no, sure. it yeah. was and really good. Was, who was right? Was she wrong? Be honest. I mean, like, yeah, she was wrong. Yeah, I know. Okay. I had an interesting conversation with my wife last night. <laughs> we talked about she was she was using some a drug. She's got a chronic illness, and she was using some drug. And I and she's had all these people give her all these opinions about how to fix her problem. And everybody wants instead of being empathetic to her. You know, they want to tell her what she needs to do. Oh, I got a solution, right? So she got, like 20 years ago, she's like, I'm just closed. I'm I'm closed to everybody telling me what to do. I just need people. So in that period of time, I told her about something I've learned from a doctor I visited. It was my own, I met with this guy and he took doctor and he told me, oh, you know, here's, here's something you know about that drug. And I remember telling her that over and over again. Last night we talked about it. Now she's open because she's she's just become to a place where she's now willing to explore other solutions. Mm. She goes, you never told me that. Mm. She didn't even remember it. Yeah, I said, honey, we talked about that over. I remember I gave this analogy. And I had a I, flip chart. I had a flip chart. <laughs> I, I remember and I told you the guy and I told you, and you know, over and over and I kept saying, this is what this guy said. And she goes, you never, I said, she goes, you really told me. I said, I told you that over and over again. And, she, and I said, not because I knew, but he, he said it and I thought he was right. And she goes, 
Well, I believe that now. Yeah. Some exactly. reputable data that came right, out. Right, but she just was overwhelmed. She was emotionally closed. So the more I tried to, the more I tried to, that same approach of delivering this information, the more closed she actually became. Yeah. Yeah. So the key is to Scott, to your point, it's not about the five. It's not about the seed. It's about it's. You have to have the seed, but it's about working on your wife and creating fertile soil. It's about right. creating, you know, her being receptive in that case. And uh, and to amend my answer, I'd also suggest. Based on the study that was just done, I wouldn't use flip charts either. The flip charts seem to not be effective. So <laughs> I crossed that off too. It's, can we add that to the yeah, list? No, no, more, flip yeah, no yeah. more flip chart. No more flip chart. Great you know, point. And as we're talking here, I'm, I'm thinking in, in the mind of these folks that are listening, um, it sounds to me like you know this is a, a useful useful information for prospecting, but doesn't it kind of fit in, you know, the Great the, the folks that are farming as well in yeah, their accounts? Yeah. And Great point. Well, yeah, because what can happen is people can be either emotionally open to you as a person. Right. Kind of to you, but they, but they can be closed to a subject. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, or vice versa, because it's both. Like, you can have, I was, we work on the client just last week, actually, and they have great relationships, and they, they buy a product from them and so they can always get a meeting it's mm -hmm. easy they're like well they're all receptive they're great but when they go try to talk about a different product that they're not using mm -hmm. it's closed right. it's emotionally closed so the they doors open but the subject the closed. subject yeah. closed that's exactly right right so now, yeah, that's in, a great. in your in your case, Tab, it sounded like the door was actually physically closed. Physically yeah. closed, yes. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's it. And locked, I assume. Yeah. And locked. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think this is a really important thing for, for, for sellers to understand. Is it, so people are successful, right? So what they do is they work harder, right? So there's less and less fertile mm -hmm. soil, so they throw more seed. So they make more calls. They send more emails. I yeah. met a guy the other day. Um, a friend of mine, I saw him working out, and he said, "Yeah, I just changed jobs. I'm now I'm now selling for this company, brand new." He said, "It's hard." So I sent 500 emails in the last month, which I'm not saying he shouldn't. He should. Right. But the, but he's got to. If he doesn't understand how to drive receptivity, it's, he's got to he's got to work really hard because yeah. the, the amount of fertile ground, uh, right, is getting smaller and smaller. So you got to work harder and harder. Or, or what if you could convert? you know, a greater percentage of the people that you talk to. Yeah. And then you don't have to work as hard. It actually could be easy. You could actually, if you understand what we're talking about here, eliminate resistance. And yeah. I, I know we're, we're kind of jumping ahead, but yeah. I think that's yeah, the... Yeah. Well, we're, t we're talking about it, and I know we're talking, we started with, you know, a lot of sellers are missing quota, but let's, let's talk to the sellers that maybe are making quota and, and want to do better. Uh, we're really talking about influence and persuasion, right? So this emotionally enclosed issue is really all about it's the starting point to getting someone to change a belief or to be mm. persuaded to something. And, and in, in our travels, in my travels with the companies that we work with, sales reps who can effectively get people to change their beliefs and make changes, they're, they're very valuable to the yeah, organization. Right. And, and they make lots of money. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it, it's more than just prospecting, I think, is the point that we're making. Scott, I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. 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 No. And it moves beyond just business. Right. We all want the ability to influence. We right. all need to influence people, not because we want to manipulate them, because they need our input. There are people that are in our lives that need to hear a different message. Right. Mm -hmm. But if they're closed, then our message will never get through. So we all need to learn how to create the fertile soil. And then well, how do we plant the seed? Yep. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is, you know, uh, the market's changing, buyer behavior's changing, reps have been 
either resistant or just have not changed. Mm-hmm. But you know, let's get real specific and, 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 and sort of bring this to, uh, to a close here. Um, what is the role of the rep? Like, you know, there's, there's different levels of sales reps for different times, types of mm-hmm. customers, but I'm sensing we need how to... How does a rep role need to... How's they it, need yeah. to evolve, right? What, yeah, so what? some of the things that we'll, we're, we're going to talk about in solving this problem are actually pretty easy. Right, I think it'll be like instantly. I mean, I literally right before this podcast just got an email from somebody who said, "Hey, I use this, this this technique that you guys teach to create receptivity, and it works instantly." And that's true. Some things are very hard. This first one that 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 you just brought up, the first one meaning like I think the first place to start and yeah. to, to to change the way you sell, which will cause reps to to hit a higher percentage of their quota, is to change the way they think about their role. Yeah. I think most sales reps think of themselves as reps. They represent something, yep. right. right? They don't think of themselves as a guide. Ultimately, everybody they talk to wants something, right? And if they need you to get where they want to go, if you're the trusted guide, you're the one that will help them get what they want. If you're the one that can help them navigate the challenges and the barriers and help them, they see you as a guide, not a representative, right? That's then they're going to want to talk to you. Receptivity is going to go up, right? I can't, if I can get from you, if you can tell them something they don't know, they can't get on the web, now the receptivity, oh, wait, so you're not just a sales rep? You're not representing a product? You're actually here to help me solve my problems? Mm-hmm. And you have expertise that no one else has. That's huge. Yeah. The reason they're closed, they're not closed to a solution. They're closed to a sales call. Right. So for them to be open to a sales call, open to meeting with you, you need to have something to say. And I think we all need to have something to say. So I think the first thing is they need to have knowledge. If they're going to change the role and be a guide, they got to have knowledge. they got to be able to say, okay, what is it that I know about how to solve the customer's problem that they don't know? Right. And I think that's the first place they got to start, which is, you know, I love the way Covey said it is private victory before public victory. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like I need to become a student of not my stuff, but a student of my customer's world. Do you, and the question I always ask people and I'll shut up is that when I meet with a sales rep, I say, OK, we're about to call somebody. You're about to meet with them. What's on their whiteboard? Right. Yeah. yeah what, what are, what's on? They all have a whiteboard. Everybody you call on has a whiteboard. Like, here's what they want, and here's what they got to do to get there, and it's, it's what they care about. You, you call on the VP of manufacturing. You call on the director of whatever. You call on the, 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 you know, the, the technical person that you call on. What's on the typical person in that role's whiteboard? Yep. If they can't answer the question, then you're a representative. Right. Right, right. And, and it's, you know, the, the, the information mm-hmm. that we get today with all those 10,000 messages also is, could be a help to a sales rep, right? right. They can... They can be very uh, articulate when they go into that first meeting because they can research so much right. more than what you and point. I learned when we were, were first It's a mind out, shift. Right? It is. Because they can get the information. They just have to decide they want to, mm-hmm. and they see that it's critical, and they have to be other-centered, kind of have that other-centered mindset to do so. Yeah, that's, and it really is an opportunity. It's like if, and I will tell you, we, we assess hundreds of sales reps a, a year. I know we train thousands, but we, we assess and listen to the call. Right, and everybody's doing the same thing, as March mentioned. So if you're doing something different, your emails, I mean, I get lots of emails, and they all say the same thing. Buy our stuff, here's our stuff, here's our stuff. (laughs) It's really great. If you say something about their stuff and their world and their whiteboard, you stick out like a, I mean, literally, I got an email for the first time in like six months that that was interesting to me because it talked about me, my favorite subject. Got my attention. (laughs) I forward it to all our salespeople and say, this is good. 
Right. Replicate. Yeah, this. it's not like I got a <laughs> yeah. lot of those to send out. Yeah, yeah. 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 We get one every seventeen yeah. years. Yeah. It's but great. it starts by focusing on what's on the customer's whiteboard. If you're there to help them and guide them to a solution, you got to have knowledge. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know there was one other part to that because, uh, and then we'll we'll wrap up this week. But uh, was really. You know, there's the knowledge part, but there's also this this inherent fear of failure, yes. this inherent fear of that big guy that I got to go talk to, right? right? I mean, that or lady, or you know, that that person that that sort of holds the decision in the palm of their hand, right? Right. So, how do you get over that fear? How do you, how does that play mm-hmm. into this? It's the 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 king problem, yeah, right? Yeah, like you know, Good like movie. that the king speech, which yeah. yeah, Tom, you, I love how you've shared that before about the, the king. Yeah, speech. and I think that captures it well. I, I love that that scene in the movie King Speech. If you haven't seen it, it's about uh, a, a speech therapist that works with the, the at the time he was Prince George, soon to be King George. And he had a horrible stuttering problem. So, spoiler alert, if anybody. Okay, yeah. so is that is that am I giving away the movie? It's not much comes out or yeah, it's, it's, it's on a trailer. First yeah, scene, yeah. I think. Yeah, first yeah. okay. So he had okay. <laughs> so he had a stuttering problem. Kind of the whole point, I think people. Probably yeah. yeah, but I, but I love this because I think it so captures what most sales reps face is they walk into this meeting with someone who makes could make a lot of money, be very successful, and you know an executive or at least higher up in the organization than than the, than the than the seller might be and so they can be intimidated by him like George, Jeffrey Rush is this low level you know in that time he was a he was a low income lower class person who's helping the king and so the king leads right the king says this is what we should do right this is how we're going to solve the problem and Jeffrey Rush the speech these therapists goes this is my game, my rules. If you want to learn how to speak, you have to listen to me because I know how to help you speak. You do not know how to solve your problem. Even though you have, you are elevated to this level right. in, in the society, I need to lead. And most reps don't own the problem and they don't own the solution. And they should. It's mm-hmm. like in our world. I mean, we've implemented hundreds of sales training initiatives. So when we talk to somebody who's maybe implemented one or two, who should lead? We should, but we're, we can be intimidated by the king. Right, because they hold, they have a lot of power. And so, Big client, right on the line. I don't want to mess this line. up. I don't want to tell them that they're making a mistake in their their process to evaluate a right. training provider because they're the king, and right. they're they, maybe they're hiring us or talking to us about a large opportunity, and I don't want to risk that. But right. but I, if I care about the customer and I want to serve them, and it comes from that place, and I want to help them learn to speak, quote unquote, then. I need to challenge them for the right reason. Right. And I think a lot of reps are afraid of the king. If they have the knowledge, then are they going to say time out? That's not a good idea. Well, it's about motive, right? If yeah. Your motive is transparent. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of recent research about the need to challenge people, and that's that's important. That's helpful in their decision process. But if your motive is to sell and manipulate, that's going to come across. If your yeah. motive is... I want to take my X years of experience or my knowledge and help you navigate all this information and end up at a good place for you and your company or your, or your business, and that'll come across too, and they'll be more right. open and receptive. Yeah, yep. yeah. And I, I think you can be other-centered and still be in control, right? It's, it's yeah, not yeah. a, mm-hmm. it's, and that's an important distinction. I think some people may, uh, may get confused by that, but that is absolutely what we're talking about. So. Um, guys, I'm going to cut us off here because we're at our time limit for the week. Right. Um, we still have a lot more to do on this topic, and uh, we'll come back and do that with fresh beer. Uh, by the way, if there's uh, some beer manufacturers out there that have some great stuff they want us to uh, try, we're wide open for business. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> cheers. cheers. Cheers, boys. Cheers. See you next time. Thanks. See you next time. Thanks, Scott.
Well, that was quite an enjoyable uh, session with uh, the beer that we tasted as well as the information we shared. Uh, we talked about the, the fact that uh, reps are missing quota at, uh, at an alarming rate and what can we do to change it. And, and, and Mark and Tom and Tab all talked about receptivity, uh, a customer's receptivity to your message being a key component. Talked a lot about sort of changing the seller's behavior to match the change that's happened in buyer's behavior. And finally, we talked about the role, the, the movement or the, ch- the changeover of a sales rep from representing their company and their product to being a guide or a trusted guide for their customer. Next week, we'll move on with a few more components of this study and how you might uh, leverage that. Take care and have a great week, everybody.